I think there's a calling to use your expertise for you know, the community, uh, community to shape it, form it, uh, lead it, direct it, those types of things. Uh, and I've always felt that I've, I've been called to the arena. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Today, we're recording from the City of Pearland Council Chambers, which should make more sense once you hear who our guest is. But we want to take a moment to thank the City of Pearland for allowing us to do this here. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to stay up to date with us and the community. In this episode, we are speaking with Mayor Kevin Cole. Kevin is the newly elected mayor of Pearland, becoming the first new mayor in over 20 years. Welcome to the show, Mayor. Thank you. And we talked a little bit before. I think I might have had that number wrong. It might be more than 20 years. It might be. I, well, I think since 94 for sure. So that's 26, yeah. 27 years. And then the years yeah. before that that Mayor Reed served. Well, we know your schedule is very busy, and mm-hmm. we really appreciate you taking time to meet with us for sure because we're just a couple of guys from Alvin. Well, I'm from Pearland originally. He is but, from Pearland. But uh, a couple of guys from around the hood. So Yeah. You had to come back to your roots for I had to come back. You know, I still have family here. My, my mom <laughs> and dad still live here. I've got my sister, my nieces, nephews, all yeah. those kind of things. So it's good to come back, but uh, I definitely appreciate that you have taken the time to, to agree to have us come in. Yeah, so. my pleasure. My pleasure. So well, welcome home. Thank you. One of the first questions we have for you is, uh, you moved here in 1977. Mm-hmm. Pearland's a little different now. Is that accurate? Uh, I would say a lot different. <laughs> so assessment. little, no. <laughs> a lot different, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think back in 1977 how many stoplights we had. I think uh, it was lot, three. Yeah. I think it was three. And I think a fourth one was a blinking one. And that was just about it. Yeah. It's, and yeah. six, maybe 7,000 people total. I mean, it yeah, wasn't a I huge think, number think, in 77. Yeah, I think we were knocking on the door of nine, right. you know, in mm-hmm. about that time. And so, yeah, so about 9,000 people to yeah. over 130 to, well, ETJ and all, probably 145 to 150 people today. Wow. Yeah. It's really what grown. a huge change. It, yeah, it's just a huge, huge change. Uh, city has grown up. Yeah. Did you think at that time that the city would ever get to where it is now? You know, uh, in 77, of course, when I moved here, being as the age that I was, I didn't. Uh, I will say once I really got involved in, in the political you know, arena, early 90s, yeah, there was a day where you looked out and said, yeah, we're, we're going to be a city much bigger than people think. I'm assuming that's the time that uh, Dead Man's Curve went away and it started going out to... Yeah, it was sometime after Dead Man's Curve and yeah. you started seeing Silver Lake, which was right. Southwick at the time, and Southwick, all of that yeah. growing up, yeah. uh, Beltway under construction, those right. types of things. You look up and you go, yeah, we're not going to be the little city anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's coming. I, yeah, 92 was when I left for the military and I was mm-hmm. gone for a long time. My yeah. mom kept saying, you're never going to recognize it. And I said, oh, you've been telling me for years, I know. And I remember driving back going, oh, my gosh, what do we have here? There were times we didn't recognize it from week to week. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that had to be an interesting time during that when it was exploding as big Mm -hmm. as it was, as quick as it was. Yeah. So your first role as a public official was on the Planning and Zoning Commission. What was it that spurred you to want to get into local governance? I, I, This may sound corny to a lot of people, uh, but I I truly believe if you're going to do it and you're doing it right, you're called into it. 
Uh, I think there's a calling uh, to use your expertise for, you know, the community, uh, community to shape it, form it, uh, lead it, direct it, those types of things. Uh, and I've always felt that I've, I've been called to the arena, whatever office or whatever, you know, that, that moves you to is, right. is, is, sudden, is something above me. But uh, uh, I, I do believe there's a calling to it. Did you always think you would go into the political arena, as you put it? Or at, no. w- at what point did you? Never. I mean, growing up and playing football and baseball and doing all the, the stuff that you do and going away to college and that type of stuff. I, if I'd have known that, I would have taken uh, more political science <laughs> classes yeah. uh, classes and those types of things. It, it's amazing because my, my poli-sci classes, I was completely intrigued in. Loved oh, them. Really? Intrigued and everything else. But... Now I know why. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I know why, and I'll digress real quick. I went to Texas Tech. Uh, I was in political science class, our second second class that I ever took, and uh, our teacher professor was a retired two star general. All right. That teaching had, political science. Teaching political science okay. had all the tenure in the world. Had been on the campus for forty years. Wow. And he would come in, set up on the desk, and just talk about public policy wow! and you finally realized this is the class you better start taking notes start paying attention start paying attention and it was amazing because he had deep deep contacts in dc hmm. being a two-star general sure he had all the yeah. you know and so it was just amazing to hear him talk but he would he'd talk for an hour and a half and he'd go i gotta go and he'd just get up and walk out <laughs> i'm done and uh so it was it was an amazing thing and it and you just kind of listened to hear and you fell in love with kind of what he would talk about. And um, fortunately, in that class, I was, I was able to regurgitate and test and all those kind of things, yeah. exactly what he would Fantastic. say. Fantastic. It was, it was amazing. And, uh, but I loved the class. And so now I look back on it going, okay, now I know why. Right. <laughs> yeah. And maybe someday you'll be in that role teaching yeah. somebody. <laughs> and, and so prior to political life, you mm-hmm. worked in, or currently work for Cove Matrix Development. Right. Is that Right. Cove Matrix is a, is a development entity that me and my partners have. Correct. So I'm checking out your website and mm-hmm. kind of reading up on what it does, it, it seems like that really dovetails into what you're doing. Like it seems to line up. Right. How has that informed how you serve, whether it was planning and zoning or city well, council or mayor? Yeah, well, actually, um, as a member of the Planning and Zoning Commission in 94, I was not involved as a developer. Uh, I uh, had my career in the business community and when I went into planning and zoning and then later into, into council, I fell in love with the development process. I just, I, I was able to look at a, a tract of land and just envision what, what was going to be there hmm. uh, and be able to plan it, look at it. And just the whole process from, you know, a greenfield to infrastructure to, you know, something coming out of it and, wow. and being there just kind of fell in love. And so coming through that ended up getting into the you know development business and, been you know full almost full time in development business now over 20 years and so it, like i said it's just one of these things i didn't go to college to be a developer right but you looked at it and went this is something that sticks yeah so. when i appreciate people that have that kind of vision that can see something and go mm-hmm. okay i see what it can be it might not be there yet yeah but it'll get and it seems like that would be very useful as a mayor <laughs> yeah um so one of the things that sticks out to me is you were a councilman in the 90s the 2000s and then now as mayor how did that change what what did the council look like in those periods you know it was a, it was um we had we've always had at least the times that i've been serving 
uh, very good, very cohesive, very forward-thinking councils, uh, even back into the mid, uh, mid-90s. mid I mean, we um, stepped back for just a second. I had this conversation at lunch just a little bit ago. <laughs> um, in the mid-2000s, we had three years in a row that we went over 2,000 single-family building permits in Pearland. Wow. So it was like 2,200, 2,600, back to a little over 2,000. So three years in a row, 06, 07, and 0, no. 05, 06, and 07, we did that. Go back into the mid-90s, having a conversation about the growth of our city and where we were headed. Right. We said, there will be a day we do 2,000 single-family building permits in a year. Right. And people thought we were crazy. Too too forward-thinking. But the council knew that day was coming. When and how many years and all that was a different story, but it— we knew it was going to happen. So it was very forward thinking. Um, that council back in the 90s set the tone for a lot of, a lot of things that are here today. Yeah. We put a lot of things in process. Uh, it was the first council that, that did a full comprehensive plan for not just the city, but also our extraterritorial jurisdiction, yeah. the ETJ. We carried it throughout the entire uh, what would ultimately be Pearland. And so very forward thinking. And then 2000s, I call 2000s from 04 through 2010. Uh, that was the year, grab a hold of anything you can and just and just latch on <laughs> because sure. the growth was coming so hard and so fast that we were doing everything we could to keep up with infrastructure. And even then, we always knew just in a typical, uh, the way the life cycle of projects go, you're always going to be a behind growth. Sure just the way the bonding and everything sure, else goes. Yeah. People have to be here before. I, w- I wish we could be on the development side and go build it and they will come, but instead it's the other way around, sure. okay? But in this particular case, I mean, you know, with that kind of growth just came uh, every single Monday night we had meetings. Not twice a month, every Monday night. Wow, wow. And, and that's where a lot of people really didn't understand the amount of time and effort and commitment that we had during those during that run and and most of it was you know looking at projects and how are we going to do this huh. so yeah. so how do you keep during that time how do you keep your focus ahead and not get overwhelmed by what's laying in front of you you got to be deliberate you got to be intentional and i think that's human nature sure. uh most people live in the now they don't live five and ten years because you you live here and you're, you're just you're barely even thinking past next week so you have to be deliberate in that thought process. So you have to sit back, set goals. You have to sit back and go through exercises of bringing the council together. Where are we going to be in 10 years? Where are we going to be in 20 years? And be deliberate in those conversations. And and do you think the city of Pearland is where it thought it was going to be 10 years ago, or does that look different to you? I think it's real close. You know, um, obviously, uh, if you if you listen to Mayor Reed for for years and years sure. and years, he, he talked about being a destination city. For and, sure. yeah. and And I tell people, a lot of people were destined to be here, right? And they're here. Yeah. Uh, in the last twenty years, we've added, oh, roughly a hundred thousand people in population here. So clearly, we got the destination city right. And a lot of the amenities that came along with it, we we have. We we've done a lot of focus on parks, a lot of focus sure. on city facilities sure. and infrastructures and those types of yeah. things. And so, I think a lot of what we planned. 15 years ago is here. It's worked out. Sure. You're never going to hit it 100%, but I think we did real well. We're going to get into mm-hmm. the finer points of deciding to run for mayor and, and mm-hmm. what that entails, especially in the past year. But one of the things to me that sticks out is 
we're friends on Facebook and mm-hmm. I see you do posts about with ver- Bible verses mm-hmm. and, and I can tell that your faith is very important to you. Very. Can you walk us through how that applies to being a mayor, being your business? You know, uh, it's a great question. And I've, I've done just a daily scripture for now. Gosh, it's probably seven plus years. I think you can count on one hand how many days I've missed. Uh, so it's, it, it is, it's very important to me. And, and that hasn't always been the case. And so about that time frame to do that, it was just a commitment to, to start it and do it. And then watching the individual scripture every day, uh, what it would mean to you, how it applies. And, and a lot of times it's something happens 10 days down here and you let's go, just go back 10 days right. and you go, oh, He's been telling me <laughs> prepare for this <laughs> yeah. all along, and here we are, you know. And and then all of a sudden, uh, more and more people would tell me, "You don't you don't really realize how important that is to me every day." A lot of people see it, mm-hmm. um, and so it, it. And I tell people, it's meant for me. It's meant to hold me accountable. Right. So it's a public to to hold me sure. accountable. Yeah. But yet, so many other people get benefit from it. Uh, so there's application throughout, and it's it's amazing. Sometimes I see some scriptures, and I I look at it, and I go, "Whoo, what's coming?" Yeah, this is scary. <laughs> yeah. But then there's a lot of confirmation that comes from it as well. And sure. So it, it it's a part of who I am. It's a part of of, of me um, as a mayor. You know, I, I have my life, and I have my own private life, and I have my own sure. private faith, and. I decide to, to share my faith publicly, which I think I'm led to do. At the same time, I don't go shove it in people's face. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. It seems that you use it as a, a light to your path. Correct. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely, yeah. there's no brow beating. There's no, because yeah. I don't think that benefits anyone. No, so. not at all. And and people can disagree with my faith. They can have different faith. They can have different religions. And, and I think that's great. And people have that right. And people have that opportunity mm-hmm. and I welcome that it just like I have mine yeah yep so and it sounds like you have you have a a good basis so what people are you surrounded by that help keep you grounded as well that remind you hey you gotta make sure we're doing things the right way those uh, kind my, of things. My, my wife will ground me in two seconds so uh <laughs> she's she's real good at uh at keeping me grounded but I'll say that's that's kind of well, it's, it's true. But I, I kind of joke about it. But I, I will say this: going into the mayor's race, so a little over a year ago now, right. I had and I still have uh, a group of four men that are my accountability group oh, nice. that I that I can ask for prayer, ask to be completely transparent, be completely open, and I can share anything with them, and it doesn't go beyond the four of us Fantastic. or the five of us, and and I. I I wouldn't have gotten through last year without them. <laughs> nice. For sure. Okay. I can see that. Uh, struggles, frustration, just all those kind of things that build up, especially in a campaign. You can just share with them, just even in a, in a, a course sounding to, board. And of course, today in a, with, a, with a text message, you can just boom, do it and, yes. it's, and it's there. And I, I highly recommend anybody that's in this arena, if you don't have that, you will just, you, you, I don't know how it's, you get through it without. That that sure. outlet. It's easy to get caught up in the mess Correct. of things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to dive into Kevin's role as mayor for the city of Pearland. But before that, we'd like to thank our sponsors. 1820 Marketing is the producer of this podcast. And if you have marketing needs, we can help. 
Now more than ever, professional marketing can separate your business from the competition. If what you're doing isn't working for you, it's time to try something different. 1820 Marketing, something different. Contact us at info at 1820marketing.com. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to talk to you about it. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. Now back to the show. Well, I know, uh, I think I know what Jake is going to ask you next. So I'll ask you, how do you come in? And we talked a little bit of it before we started this uh, discussion here. But how do you come in knowing that you're taking over for somebody that's been here so long? It has been so instrumental in what you're talking about, that growth from the early 90s to now. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you wrap your head around that? Well, I think uh, the fact that I was a part of the last 25 years uh, helps. Uh, Clearly, I've got a a knowledge base of the city uh, that that helped prepare me for the role that I'm in today. Uh, And having that uh, puts me down the field a lot faster, a lot easier than if I was literally on the goal line and had to go 100 yards. So I, I, I think that knowledge base helps. But secondly, just knowing, number one, that you're, you're not going to go and follow and do exactly what a Tom Reed did. Tom Reed is Tom Reed. Kevin Cole is Kevin Cole. Right. We're, we're two different people. We're you know, driven differently and those types of things. So you can't go and be Tom. If you attempt to, you will fail. Because right. uh, he's an icon. He, he is, and I, I tell people this, he is a gentleman's gentleman. Anybody that's listening to this gentleman here, he is a gentleman's gentleman. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know how anybody could, could be an enemy of Tom Reed. That's just the class that he is. Sure. And his shoes are so big. He's so well known across the region, the state, uh, that you just can't go and do that. Uh, and I used to joke during the campaign, you know, you've seen clown shoes and they're so big and somebody looks, you know, if I stepped in his shoes, I would, I would look literally an inch tall. Yeah. That's how big his shoes are. So the risk of, of, of going and doing that, you just don't jump in his shoes, which means you have to go and start your own path. You have to start your own trail. You have to be your own person. It, it does mean that you have to, you have to acknowledge that he preceded you. Right. You have to acknowledge that you can't ignore the fact that he was there. Uh, so instead, I've embraced him. Uh, when I decided to run uh, all the way back into November and December of 2019, uh, even wrote him a letter. This is, I, I could, I could wow. show you the letter. Uh, but I wrote him a letter, uh, hand-delivered it to him, uh, to his house. It was the day after Thanksgiving. I knew he was struggling with the decision whether or not he was going to run or not. It was about a week later when he made his, his formal decision hmm. not to run. But I went by and, and, and visited with him, and I said, it's no secret that I want to be the next mayor. Right. But I said, but I will not, will not run against you. Wow. If you decide to run, I will do everything I can to support you. If you decide not to, I would like to have your blessing to run. In addition to that, you still have value while you're on this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said... I want you to be an ambassador for the city as long as you want to be. So if, I'm, if you don't run and I am uh, fortunate enough to win, I said this in the letter, I want you to be active. I want you to be out there. I want you to do what you love doing, right. and that's being an ambassador for the city. So fortunately, uh, through 2020, somewhere in the middle of the year, the, the council actually 
uh, created a position calling him mayor emeritus. Okay. And with that intention that after the election, he, he would still be in some role here at the city. And so fortunately he's, uh, he's here. Um, it's funny. We have parking spaces in the back. We're right next to each other, <laughs> All right. uh, which is cool. We, we actually run into each other. So who's uh, closer to the door? He is. Okay. <laughs> so I know my place. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, we have an office for him and he comes in. So I, well, I, I say all that to say, you know, I recognize who he is. I embrace who Tom Reed is. I also know I have that 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 institutional knowledge all i have to do is go and ask yeah and i think if i'm going to be successful as a mayor and even being my own person in it i have to embrace him and and i can learn from him as long as i have the opportunity to learn from him and and i welcome that um and and he's been so gracious Uh, he's told me often I, i i'm out of your way I don't want to get in your way and, and all those kind of just in typical Tom fashion. Right. That's just who he yeah. is. And um, uh, all of that kind of stuff. So we have a great relationship. And uh, uh, like I said, I, I welcome his knowledge. Yeah, I think in this day and age of the political arena, that doesn't happen that often no. where, where people that are replacing somebody else, for lack of a better term, uh, there's a lot of animosity. So I, I applaud yeah. you guys both for that. So fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and even, you know, on the political side of things, I, I've, I've, I've learned a lot over the years. I've been involved with this game a long time. And, and I, I want to say that I, I've, I've matured and grown up. And as we get older, I hope we get better. Sure. <laughs> right. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, and I think I have. And, and even to the point, you know, I have my opponent from November. Father passed away uh, oh. a little over a week ago and reached out to him and just, you know, tell him I'm praying for you. I understand sure. it. Lost my dad X number of years ago. And yeah. Those yeah. types of things. And so, you know, life is too short sure. for what we see that in D.C. and Absolutely. other places. Life is way too short for some of that type of stuff to go on. We can have healthy disagreements on policy, but why do we have to be disagreeable mm-hmm. and, and animosity? And I pray and I hope that here in this city we never get that way. And I've been on some spirited councils. I've been on spirited. I've been in spirited oh, council yeah. meetings, where emotions get involved and and talking about things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I have I have never watched any council that I've been involved in get so fired up that they split. Right. It, they they sure. come back together. They might even say some things, but they come back together and say, "Wait a minute, we're all in this. We're all in this together. Yeah. We're going. We're shooting for the same." Right. Right. And, and as a mayor, that's kind of what I feel. I, I need to make sure that I'm bringing a team together. It's easy for seven council members to go their own direction. Sure. Yeah, and absolutely. As, and as mayor, you know, I feel like my role is to bring these seven guys together for one vision, one purpose, and, 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 to, and to move our move our city in the right direction. Yeah. So you mentioned when you gave the letter to Mayor Tom Reed. Mm-hmm. You said it's known that you want to be mayor. What are the factors that went into you wanting to make that decision? A lot of people say he's going to retire eventually. Good for him. Let him ride off into the sunset and we'll see. Let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And you seem to have had seen it as an opportunity. Again, with all the respect to mm-hmm. Mayor Reed, you saw it as, okay, he's going to set it down. Someone's going to have to pick it back up. I, I'm the guy. I want to pick it back up. What, what went into that decision for you? People have asked me because the mayor doesn't vote. Yeah. So... A lot of people look at it as, um, well, the, the, the real power, quote unquote, 
is in the vote, and so it's in council. So why not why not go back to council? But the mayor has the opportunity to set an agenda and cast a vision and go to the people and cast that vision of where we want to go. So that's really where I wanted to go. Gotcha. Was, you know, be the person that, that is out there interfacing with people, uh, leading, guiding, providing that, that vision of where we're wanting to go. And I, I feel like I've got vision. I feel like I have drive. I feel like I can, yeah. I can do those kind of things. And so it was just a very natural fit to go there. Clearly, anybody that was, was active in our city, they, they know Mayor Reed's age. They know those types of things. And so sure. you, you sit and you just wonder, is he or is he not, and what's going to happen? And so it really worked um, for probably a, a good amount of years, actually, to be in a position to do you know, and, and, sure. and run and run for this office. You don't wake up one day and just go do it. It, it it's positioning and, and those types of things. And I, I will say this, and it, this is inside baseball. So, uh, that we're getting into. So even probably in 2018, I guess it was, we were coming out of the council elections in 2018. I was talking to a consultant, uh, that I'd known and, and, uh, and I said, you know, it's no secret, you know, in 2020, that I want to run for mayor and, and mm-hmm. those types of things. We're talking about it. And I said, what advice do you have? Uh, here we are two years away. Right. Right. Yeah. What advice do you have, you know, looking at 2020? And he said, you know, he said, clearly it's too, young, it's too early to make that. Right. But he said, you've helped people get elected. I helped Mayor Reed in his election in 2017. Sure. You helped in 17. You've helped people get elected in 18 go help in the November elections of 18, help in 19, and you've built this group of people that you've helped get elected. And then in 2020, you're you're the guy that has now helped between school board and city X number of people get elected, Right. right? And then he said, here's the other thing. He said, and this is a little bit morbid, but given Mary Reed's age, if something were to happen to him today, what are the number one, two, or three people in all of Pearland right. that people would think would be the next mayor? You want to be in that conversation. Right. Yeah. So position yourself to do that. And, and so that's what we did. Uh, you know, and, and at the same time, do what's right for your community, right. help people right. be the community-minded, you know. But position yourself to be most things that happen in politics happen uh, because of timing. The timing is just right. You look at people who run for president, you people who look for, you know, run for Senate and those types of things. They're successful because circumstances, the the timing and the circumstances were perfect. Some of it they planned. A lot of it they didn't. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about 92, 96. You, Mm -hmm. You couldn't. I mean, you could try, try as you could. Nobody could really predict what happened in 2020, mm-hmm. what has happened last week with the ice storm. Right. Where do you see, aside from another catastrophe, where do you see the direction of Pearland going? Well, uh, obviously, we, we're a city that's grown up quite a bit uh, in the last two decades. And where we're headed now, and I said this in my State of the City address yesterday, uh, when you look at what's happening in our, our fire department and our police department, uh, with mm-hmm. their own water and sewer infrastructure, uh, economic development uh, uh, efforts, and bringing jobs and companies here, uh, and 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 I'm going to say this: I'm not naive. 
our, our big brother to the north is is the city of Houston. We we border Houston. Sure. We're, we're part of the greater Houston area. It's not the greater Pearland area as much as I tell people that. Right. You know, Houston's just our suburb. Yeah. And so Houston will always be here. But we need to be a city that's as self-sufficient as we can. So we're not relying on someone else for sure for anything. Um, so grow up, mature, and be that. So if you think of it as a kid, you know, growing up, they have to have mom and dad have to do everything for them, and they get a little bigger, and they can start doing it on their own, and then they grow into an adult, and they become their yeah. own adult. And cities are the same way, you know, young and growing, and then all of a sudden you've reached maturity to be your own city. And I think that's where city, uh, the city of Pearland is. Let's let's be our own city. Sure. Let's let's take charge of our own city. So like in, in fire and police, having their own training academies, mm-hmm. training our own our own culture. We're not having to hire and then retrain culture. We can train them in our own culture. Uh, infrastructure, we're building, you know, water surface treatment plant that's right. 10 million gallons a day and, and will still be dependent on city of Houston for some water for ultimate build out. But had we had this uh, plant on the ground last week, we might could have shut off. Wow. What was coming from the city of Houston. Gotcha. Yeah. And then okay. to live and be, through. And be rely, you know, be, be on our own to, to be able to do those right. kind of things. And then from an economic development standpoint, I, I told people uh, this yesterday in, in my address, if I can give you the, the best quality of life I can give you is your own time back. Mm-hmm. If you had your own time, what would you do with it? So think about this. How many people in Pearland travel 45 minutes to work, Right. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes home. What if they could get a job here because we attracted the right companies here and that commute was 15 minutes? I just freed up 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes day. at night, it's an hour a day. You just gave 250 hours back to somebody in their life. Right. What does that mean? That means they can be more active in their community. That means they make the dance recital. Right. That means they make the kids' ball, ball team. Yep. It might actually mean, especially in today's world with technology and not even having to commute. True. Now, all of a sudden, right. they can go to lunch and have you know, lunch with their kids as soon as we can let adults back into schools. Right, right. But those types of things. So quality of life, time is a huge quality of life factor. And so I want to see that city where we grow up and we're self-sufficient. And again, I say this to anybody that's listening, I'm not naive. City of Houston is right here. I get sure. it. We're always going to be there. But I want to be as self-sufficient as possible. Yeah. I think that's a good goal for mm-hmm. any city to have that right. we're not going to rely on anyone. We might might have to, but that's not the goal. The goal is right. to run by ourselves. And so mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. The, the last question we have for you is new mayor. Mm-hmm. If someone's interested, if someone sees it and goes, you know what? I have a passion. I want to get involved. It took you, I'm not going to say a lifetime, but it took years of you progressing someone wants to get involved in Pearland, what what do you recommend to someone? How do they... They want to be involved politically? Or if they they ultimately want to be involved. Oh, okay. Okay. How do I get... Well, you know, volunteer, there's tons of organizations to be involved. And and involvement could look any number of ways. Uh, Real simple. We have a great chamber of commerce. If you're a business, small business, and you want to be involved in your community, you can do that through an avenue through the chamber. It's not just building your business, but also be a part of the community. Um, there's, there's community organizations from, uh, for example, we've got, uh, forever parks foundation. This is something I want to highlight and, and, and play up. Uh, their purpose is to, they're a 501 C3, so they can go out and get grants and they're part of our parks department, but they're there. So 
they can help build certain infrastructure and park amenities inside yeah. our parks. One of their biggest things is to build a, a new all-inclusive park. So yeah. children and even adults with, with certain disabilities can be in the apparatus, in the park, all together, yeah. all, all inclusive. So even kids without it, they can all play together. Uh, it's a great organization to be involved in. They need help. They need volunteers. They need you know, to raise money, those types of things. It's a great opportunity. So uh, there's tons of organizations like that. You have uh, Neighborhood Center, Keep, uh, keep Pearland Beautiful. You've right. got... Christian Helping Hands, and then there's a, a number of clubs, Lions Club, those types of things. Right. Be involved in the community. All of these organizations do great things. Uh, they all kind of have their lane, <laughs> if you will, sure. and they all kind of do their own thing. If somebody wanted to get involved more politically, like say they, they wake up one day and they go, you know, I'm kind of involved in my community, but I'd, I'd like to maybe position myself to run for office, whether it's school board or city council or something like that one day. Uh, it, it's funny because we see a lot of people who have never been involved in their community, and then all of a sudden they just sign up to run for office. Huh. And you're like, it's great. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so I, I, I think if you, the more you learn, so uh, boards and commissions at the city mm-hmm. is a great opportunity uh, to, to learn about the city, understand the city, get involved, shape it. Uh, that's how I got my start with uh, Planning and Zoning Commission. And so you, you, you learn that inside what's happening and, and and those types of things. And the next thing you you know, you, you run for office and you've got a more understanding of what the organization's doing rather than somebody who thinks what the organization is. So uh, it's a little critique and, and advice to anybody that's, that's – and, and that's probably the same in Alvin's, probably the same in Angleton, right. Lake Jackson. You know, anywhere in Brazoria County, the cities are, are very similar. Uh, there's a training ground, if you will, sure. for those types of things. Yeah. Um, so whatever so, it is, just get involved. Just get involved. And what's your passion? Seek out others. Uh, there's somebody that uh, reached out. We want a skate park in town. And we've been talking about a skate park for 25 years. I sent them a note <laughs> yeah. to somebody. And sure enough, there's a website. And this person got connected to this person. And it's, okay, how, what, and where does this happen? Don't know yet, but we'll figure out where, yeah. Yeah. where and if it will ever happen. Fantastic. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Thank you very much, Mayor Cole, for coming on the show. We appreciate your time. We had a lot of fun. We hope that uh, all of our listeners heard and learned something new. Also, we want to thank the City of Pearland for letting us come into the council chambers and record. We appreciate it. And finally, thank you to our listeners. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts or at 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. Miracle, we are excited to see what happens next. Me too. <laughs>